0: Welcome to Cup of Tea with the Vet. This is a fortnightly show pre-recorded live on social media. I started the show to help owners fall back in love with their vets and learn more about them as humans. We learn all about the vets' lives on this show and it's really fun and interesting. Enjoy the show. Hi and welcome back to our next show of, Cup of Tea with the Vet. And today we've got on Sylvia. Hi Sylvia. Hello. Hi everyone. Do we know how many people are here with us live? Uh, not right now. Um as we as we keep going the numbers will tick yeah. up and um and yeah I do get to see it on my little screen. Um so uh, but to be honest a lot of people catch it later which is absolutely fine. So a lot of people love to catch up. Um That's by the way right. I now feel the need to actually say something about my hair because um <laughs> it's it's embarrassing um and yeah this is not me and normally I'm very pink and so you know this is what happens if you don't go and get a skin test three months before you do your hair coloring okay so just learn from my <laughs> go
1: and
0: get your skin test and then you can have your hair done all at once instead of waiting for a few days like a ghost um so you yeah know,
1: I've never had my hair dyed ever in my life
0: I didn't either until I started to see a significant amount of grey. And then I decided, well, I've never dyed my hair before. Anymore, hair. <laughs> I, I never had. And I thought, well, I, lots of people do dye their hair. What should I do? And I thought, well, I could either go back to blonde, which was my colour. My actual natural colour is, is like your natural colour um and i thought or i thought let's have some fun and i opted for let's have some fun so my original color i first went my very first hair dye was pink with rainbow underneath and um, <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> it was so cool was so i was amazing. so i was so chuffed with myself i really was <laughs> and um and Natalie, my hairdresser, did the most incredible job and I was like, oh my God, thank you. And then I never look back. On How long did
1: it take to create a rainbow coloured hair?
0: Oh, it is a day. So you can't do it very <laughs> often. It's usually it done once a year. That's terrible. So I, you know, but it's a lot of fun and I like it. And where I live, I, I feel like pink is like the new blue rinse. I feel like a lot of people have pink hair um so yeah we don't I just recently met
1: up with a friend two weeks ago and she greeted me and she had the bright blue hair I'm like oh well what what happened here (laughs) it was brilliant it was such a shock but so much fun
0: I think it's like getting quite normal now I've seen politicians with like blue hair green hair you know and I think well if a politician can do do it, it
1: oh well see do um Makes you happy.
0: <laughs> exactly. I love that cup, by the way. Exactly right. Well, it's
1: very motivational. It's good for your morning coffee.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So, Sylvie, you must tell us about yourself. Oh, God. Um, where to start? Okay,
1: well, I'm a vet, first of all. I'm an equine vet, horses only. I did um, dogs and cats probably for the first uh, few months when I graduated, and I'm kind of slowly getting back into it as well. Um, but um, mostly equine vet. Um, I have previously done research, so um, I've done um, a lot of lab research, some field research. I did some research with brown bears um, mm-hmm. at home in Slovakia. That was good fun. So I, I have a lot of research background. I then became a vet, and then more recently I started um, just looking more into sort of business development and startups and how can we serve help improve the vet profession and just sort of more at ones rather than one per like per animal. Um so yeah, so I'm now sort of helping and running a few startups and um and yeah, hope, hopefully I'll help to improve the profession somehow, both for the vets and for the pet owners.
0: I think that sounds amazing. Now I definitely want to get back to that point much more, but I also really have to ask you what was your research about brown bears? Because that sounds so cool
1: yeah no it was actually something pretty simple but really um that was just really annoying so back at home we have um like about 80 percent of slovakia is forest so we have a lot of forest um uh, i think we have nine national parks and there was um there's a lot there's a really high rate of brown bears colliding with um cars trains and buses and Mm -hmm. you heard about those sort of hot spots um, constantly, like I've, I've kind of like, oh yeah, this is where all the bears get hit, like my whole childhood I've been hearing this, so um, during my uh, master's degree I was like, you know what, I'm going to research that and see if I can do something about it, so I literally went over to Slovakia and um, got all the sort of uh, brown bear vehicle collision information for the past 10 years and physically went to those spots and analysed them and sort of saw why can, like, there and just tried to help improve that so yeah that's that's what i was doing <laughs> just trying to decrease the brown bear vehicle collisions in my country that, basically.
0: that's amazing i love that you sound like such a must make it happen person which yeah, is amazing I'm Definitely
1: and a, 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 a make things happen person i hate when people just complain and talk about things i'm much more of a okay well let's do something about it you know and so i think that's why i'm doing all these sort of startup
0: stuff now so that's great can i I just ask did you manage to have an impact on the brown bear situation
1: it's there is somebody who's kind of taken it on um and followed the research forward so they're now working on it and there has been some sort of um corridors built over some um you know motorways so that it uh, prevents that some fencing was done so uh bits and pieces obviously it wasn't sort of all done at once but Hopefully, it had some some effect. I, to be honest, I didn't follow up with, so ha, have I decreased it? Because I would have to sort of continue doing that research, and um, I don't have the funding for it. So, yeah.
0: Well done, though. That is a really that's an amazing thing. I know a lot of our audience out there will be like, "Oh my goodness me!" Well done, you. I mean, you know, we all feel sorry for the wildlife out there, and you know, that's that's a huge impact and. Yeah, and it's probably good for the traffic as well because I'm not being funny, but you don't really want to have an argument with a brown bear. I'm quite sure your car won't yep. come out that well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely not.
0: Um,
1: and I think also thanks to that, it's um, I, I don't really want to go into too much detail about this, but I am quite keen on sort of environment and wildlife and sustainability and all of that. So um, I think I mentioned to you I'm part of a sustainability group for vets and. It's just we can do so much more in the vet world and in the animal health world and that like easy stuff that we're not doing. So um yeah.
0: I definitely want to go back onto that. that. I definitely want to talk about that more. But let's (laughs) talk about your startup stuff because I think I really want to know about um, you know, more about what you were saying about making vets' lives better because you know that's what a lot of this is about. Um, you know, get people to love their vets again and you know, learn about them and learn they're human and um you know, and so I think that really plays part of it, you know, having these happy people treating our pets is is important. So, you know, how, what's going on? Tell us about that.
1: Uh, yeah, so there's two startups I am sort of running. One is um, trying to look at uh, more flexible working for permanent vets, permanent vet employees. And um, just to improve, the number one thing that vets are sort of struggling with is uh, having a good work-life balance. And we're seeing a huge retention and recruitment crisis in the profession. There's a lot of people studying to be vets, but within sort of five to eight years, um, quite a high percentage leave the profession because they can't actually sort of have the lifestyle they envisioned. And you know, it's not because they don't like, I'm talking sort of more generally, obviously there's individuals, but you know, all, all sort of more generally, it's not because they don't like the job, it's just the system that's not allowing them to sort of be a vet and potentially you know have a family do other things do some hobbies you know um it's quite sort of time constraining and stressful and you know we are it's a caring profession so we you know we genuinely care and there's a very little give back so um so yeah, so I'm just trying to find ways of how to improve on that, and um, I've been researching this for the past two, two and a half years now, and uh, having a bit more flexibility is, again, just the word flexible comes up time and time again. So um, so that's what we're now doing, um, me and my um, sort of co-founder, um, we have a few sort of um, few uh large paying clients which is good so some corporates and we're you know consulting with them and seeing how they can improve on exactly that you know providing their permanent staff so i'm not talking about like the locums that come in and do shifts but like their permanent staff how can they um provide more sort of individual flexibility so that they can, um, yeah, just you know, stay in the profession. You know, retain them. They're they're all talented people. So you know, yeah. So yeah. So that's 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 the one that you asked about. Um, the, you know, how we are trying to improve the profession. That's that's, that's the one. Amazing.
0: Yeah. And then like, so you know, is it is it um, being reflected? Like, is it something that vets can contact you directly to find out about, or is it something that actually, know it's an employer that contacts you to organize how they can use it within their workplace.
1: Both really. I mean, you know, I, I, it came from a very personal need for both me and my co founder. So, um, and we were both employees. So, we understand the employee perspective, and we've done an industry wide survey. We've done a lot of one on one interviews with the employees and then also the employers. Um, and, you know, what we're aiming for is that kind of reciprocal um, flexibility between the employee and the employer because it can't work if it's one sided. So, you know, it, the employer needs to be on board as well it's not just employees kind of saying this is what we need right so yeah um, but as i said i mean um i have you know i need to work with the employer because they need to be the ones implementing the changes um but anybody can contact us we have a website um which i'm just altering a bit at the moment it's called flexi.bet. um But uh, yeah, uh, I do have a Facebook group, so we chat there about what's happening, what the vets want, you know, trying to champion some of the vet practices that are managing to do it. There's about 20% of practices in the UK that are making flexible working work. So, you know, just trying to learn from them, what are they doing well and trying to sort of see if we can sort of
0: implement it onto the others. That's amazing. So yeah, so any of my vet friends that are watching, if you want to know about (laughs) more about, learning about flexible working um then contact sylvia and see what yeah, she can. Absolutely. yeah it yeah. is it's really important because there are you know it, it's a very female dominated industry and kids is the biggest thing isn't it you know so it's um you know it's and and that isn't necessarily even just a female thing you know at the end of the day dad's want to get some kids time as well and so you know just that very one thing i can i can see how that works well,
1: was interesting you say it's a female thing and to some extent absolutely but to another so when i look at the actual stats of course more female vets work flexibly because there's more female vets in the profession but in the past 10 years is it 10 years yeah past 10 years the um higher increase in part-time work was it in mails, it was in mail then. Oh,
0: wow! Um, and
1: and that is that is specific type of flexibility, is part-time working, so you know, flexible working doesn't mean teleconsulting, it doesn't mean part-time working, it doesn't mean remote prescribing, those are just examples of flexibility, but you can still work flexibly mm-hmm. and be a full-time um, employee, right, but so yeah. for just taking part-time is such a big thing so when when the industry looked at part-time vets actually the, the the highest increase was in male vets in the past 10 years not in female vets
0: wow now that has blown my mind that okay. is very interesting so yeah that's really good it's good that you've got your research background isn't it oh um, yeah. absolutely yeah.
1: well um, I, 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 I hate sort of you know it's I hate um so saying something that I don't have a good basis for, like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, then, it's a story. It's good. then it's a story. So, yeah.
0: No, that's great. And I, so tell me also about your um, vet sustain thing, because I think it's really important. I'm a massive eco head. I have, um, I collect TerraCycle for my clients, um, pet food packaging and um, blister packs now as well. Um, that I then try and send off I I mean I terracycle everything personally but I can't take everything from my clients so I draw the line um, yeah. but, I, but I'm but i also a plastic free champion, business champion um, with the Surfers Against Sewage so wow. I have done a lot to be eco minded in my business and I'm very proud of that um, so yeah, tell me more about Vet Sustain, like how is that working and what's it doing, because it's really, it is a huge thing, and I, I mean the consumables in a veterinary practice is huge so um yeah i'd love to know more
1: yeah so the the vet sustain is quite a a new group and it's trying to champion sustainability in the vet professions um so not necessarily directly working with sort of pet owners more working with vet practices um vets and vet nurses and just trying to provide them with um you know resources and the know-how of how to be more sustainable um and um so for example i mean uh, there is. Is in next week. Next week I'm doing. a, am I'm, I'm specifically there. I'm a sort of a. I'm. I'm part of the uh, Greener veterinary practice um, working group. So there's there are different uh, working groups within the organisation, um, and obviously I'm specifically there, sort of equine equine lead, um, and um, I think it's next week we're delivering some um, lectures on it. Um, we've spoken at um, was it. Couple of months ago at the SPFs, um, um one of the SPIFS CPD events, um, and I guess it's it's both ways really. It's trying to uh, um, explain to vet practices and vets and vet nurses what they can do, but also how they can educate their owners, um, so kind of pass it on, right? So, um, you know, and and I mean there is. Uh, as you know, there is multiple things you can do, you know, from energy to waste to pollution, etc. Um, but one of the things that I'm quite keen on that has changed in the equine practice quite nicely already, but not so in sort of dogs and cats, which is kind of what's in a way it's linked to my sort of other startup. You can see that, so everything I do, it has a common goal. Like I do stay within the vet profession, the animal health profession. Um, And so although I have a quite a portfolio career, it is all all that. And so, yeah, so um, for example, it, the the one thing that changed in the equine is that a majority of practices where I've worked and continue to go and sort of do a bit of work, um, clinical work. Um, most of the clients I hear now do do worm account testing rather than just worming their horses, but I still don't see that sort of shift in the um, in the small animals as much as. In the equine, which is interesting, because oftentimes equine is the one that I feel is a bit behind, and small and small small animals, or of companion animal back practices, do things first. And this is just the other other way around. And um, when I was I doing that. Um,
0: sorry. I read that. I did read yeah. that about the egg, egg counts and um, because it was interesting. So we're talking about, you know, do we need to worm as much? So, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and it's not only that, you know, you're putting extra chemicals into um, the pets, the horse, you know, that they might not need it. You know, diagnose it first before you treat it. You know, we do it with everything else. Why not with this? Yeah. Um, you know, and then also when I was doing some research specifically with horse and there is very, very little but a couple of years ago there was a study in France done and they found veterinary pharmaceutical residues um, in 20% of the tap water samples. Yeah. You know, so it's circ- circling back to us. And not only is it injuring the inter- invertebrates when like wormers stay in the environment for about four days, right? Like you have a warmer, it goes out of the animal. It stays in the environment, it harms the invertebrates, and then it gets into the water and then it gets back to us. So, you know, it's not just you know, you're you're helping the animal not giving it more chemicals that it doesn't need. You're helping the environment and you're helping the humans as well. So, yes. you know, that kind of education we're trying to um, sort of, you know, push out there really and sort of be A, the champions, but also be somebody that people feel they can come to if they need some more specific direction. So, yeah. Um, so I yeah.
0: really, really hope you pull that off because that sounds absolutely amazing. It really does. So, yeah, fantastic. Well, well
1: that's like, yeah, if you don't mind me sort of saying, so what I said about um, – m- you know how I how I said it, I sort of see that it's not so commonly practiced in small animals that people sort of just worm account before they treat, and it's not the the core of the business. But one of the other startups that I've I'm literally creating the website for, so I can't even tell you what and it's it's called Buddy Care. I can tell you that much, but it's not even you know I'm not even online. I, I'm more than happy to share it with you later. Um,
0: but all I of do, that, yeah, because I, I was going to say, yeah. is that the thing you wanted to say about? Because I was like.
1: Oh, no, yeah, because all of that is you know, kind of circling back while i'm I do a lot of work with um sort of vet businesses, I do still, you know, this is part of my work that I do directly with um, pet owners, and that is specifically with dogs and cats and trying to um empower the pet owners um, and help them um to create the best lives and the best, happiest, healthiest lives for their pets because you know they they get their pets to have them healthy not to have them sick so this specific startup um sort of concentrates on kind of preventing and predicting disease before they even need a vet so kind of giving them this education the know-how and the tools and the tips and products and services anything and everything that they need before that and obviously worming is one thing but it's not it's not a so I'm trying to look at it a bit more holistically rather than just like just yeah. do worm or just do, you know, back everybody knows about worming and vaccines, but there's so many other things that owners can do. Um
0: so Yeah, know, no, that's amazing. And it, that on off. <laughs> you know, I can see, I can see so much scope for that. I mean, like I remember when I was nursing and do my trainee nursing, like I loved lab work. I loved lab work. And you know, you have to go and you learn how to do your like SQL egg counts and all that yeah. stuff. And then you go to practice, and you never do it. You just don't, you know, because um, it's not called upon. And actually the thought of being able to do it, I mean, it is a bit gross. But I I really enjoyed it. So you can see like where those things can come into play and you can still, you know, and yeah, empower your nurses and just. And th-
1: yeah. And th- that's true, though, like there are some companies who are trying to sort of do it on a small scale. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of all for as you said, as we said at the beginning, I just kind of need to see action. I, it just needs to happen in the profession. And it needs to happen in England, not just kind of you know it needs to start with one one person or one company, sure, but it needs to grow. so,
0: yeah, yeah. oh good luck.. That's amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic that is amazing well done you oh blimey I've just I mean we've just spent 20 minutes just finding out about your like your introduction I haven't even found out anything about you yet you're just so interesting you've got oh, so whatever really you want
1: I'm, I'm yours for the next few minutes still so
0: you're literally like just bouncing off the walls with ideas it is a profession I love
1: you know I I love this space so when when I don't know who it was that suggested I speak to you I'm like yeah absolutely sure I'll have a chat
0: <laughs> oh my god, the name's popped out of my head now as well, and I know exactly who it is. Oh my god, I can't believe it. My head's frazzled. Yes. Don't go white hair. Don't go white hair. It sucks brain cells. <laughs> um so what do you what I mean, do you have any spare time? As I was gonna say, what do you like to do in spare time, but do you even have any?
1: Of course I do. <laughs> no i i you know i i like what i do and i do what i like so basically my spare time is now still so uh but yeah what do i do in my spare time i have a x racehorse that i retrained myself so um so i obviously ride him um i like to travel obviously COVID kind of stopped that but um there was one year uh where i haven't where every month i was out of this country <laughs> probably running after some sun because i love sun
0: and, oh lovely!
1: Um, and yeah, no, I like to exercise. So sports, yeah, jogging, yoga, gym, swimming. So that's what I enjoy. Riding. Oh,
0: good! Well, I'm glad you've got a good array of hobbies. That's
1: really
0: um, good. What's um, his name? Comet. Oh, nice name! He's, he's, nice. Um,
1: his racing name is Farmer's Friend.
0: <laughs> I like that actually.
1: <laughs> and his stable name is Comet, and I kept it. I
0: really liked it. So. Yeah, that is fair enough. No, that's lovely. So, um, I mean, I want to ask why you became a vet, but I mean, you obviously got so much passion Have you just always wanted to be a vet.
1: Yeah, you got that right. Um,
0: I don't even know. I think it was quite a
1: surprise for my family because none, nobody from family was sort of animal orientated horsey or anything. And yeah, I think first time I realized I want to be a vet was when I was probably five. Um, and I always wanted to do sort of horses. It was kind of, I, I don't know, I saw her some pictures, and I was like, I don't, I want to know how to ride, or I, I don't know where I got the idea from, it's just kind of always been there. And yeah, I dragged my parents to a, a pony sort of school or team or pony club, whatever you call it in Salaca nowadays. Um, yeah, they booked me lessons, and actually the um, the husband of, the tra- um, of my instructor was a vet, so, perfect, and literally that's where I like, that was my happy place with, um, he was teaching me how to spot lamenesses in horses and and then I rode the rest of the time <laughs> so yeah
0: yeah always oh, that's <laughs> very cool so um what has been your um, your favorite part of being a vet so far I mean you've done so much that's so just going to be a weird question as well um uh
1: yeah uh, I don't know if I have a favorite part but I I'm a very much a people person so I think this is the kind of profession that allows you to do both sort of be with animals and be with the people. Um, You know, you have to go through the human to get to the animal half the time. So I think that's one thing I really enjoy that it is a sort of a people job as much as an animal job. Um, And I think, yeah, I've I've done so much because I think this degree sort of allows um, for that. You can do so many different things with your vet degree. Um, So I think, and that's what I like. I like a variety. so you
0: definitely do there's no question that you definitely like a variety I mean you literally have got that's (laughs) That's really great that's really great so um what would your dream achievement be if time and money was no object
1: um well I guess weather time I mean Probably my two startups, seeing them succeed, you know, actually having a proper impact on um, both the veterinary professions and the vets with Flexi and also on um, helping the pet owners with Buddy. Um, So I think, yeah, seeing them succeed sort of in the next few years and actually seeing some change, that would be my ultimate, like my dream achievement. Like seeing the sort of recruitment and retention crisis in the vet profession um, go away or decrease. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that flexible working will solve everything, absolutely not. But I'm just going off of what I've researched. So if I can have some little impact on that, um, then perfect. And I'll also, yeah, um, just um, help educate um, pet owners a bit more um, with preventative healthcare. So
0: yeah, I think absolutely.
1: those really, yeah.
0: That's amazing, that's amazing. So is there anyone in your sort of team that you're working with you want to shout out like that's helping you get all through all these amazing things? (laughs) Oh my goodness,
1: loads of people, everybody in the vet profession really. I've been met with a lot of, like I was surprised how um, approachable and open people were, um, both sort of when I was interviewing people um, for flexi employees and employers, but also um, when I was sort of finding some help and direction with you know what is the best best way to go forward who to contact etc um, I mean there is I I'm I'm probably I'm not probably is best that I don't start naming people because I will not stop and then I will also miss out some people just by not having yeah, time so I,
0: understand. Um,
1: I have a shout out for way
0: too many people <laughs> just shout out for all of your amazing team and they'll know who they are right
1: no absolutely they will know who they are they've been a great support and people are surprisingly keen to help you um you know I think a lot of people don't sort of I guess go forward with their ideas or dreams because of some sort of I don't know belief or fear about you know approaching people but actually like I love helping people. I've started, you know, I'm approached constantly, and as long as I can pick up the phone or answer to the email, I will. Um, of course, I do miss some just because I'm so busy, but um, but yeah, no, I genuinely like to help. I mean, that's the that's the whole profession. It's a caring profession,
0: right? That is true. That is true. Well, thank you, and uh, it's great that you do feel like that as well. So well done. And so I do like to ask all of my guests, what do you love about physio?
1: What do I love about physio? Um, probably the fact, well, I've been having a lot of physio now as well. I think what I like about physio is, because, is the thing that you can um, use it as a preventative thing as well as a treatment, and it's a great complementary thing. Um, I think one of the thing complementary to, you know, your sort of uh, the sort of sur- surgery Um, uh, medications you know all all of the stuff that sort of the vets do but you know you'd be be missing out on half the treatment if if we didn't have physios and sort of all the other sort of part of the team that make um, you know that help the animal to recover Um, if it's you know if it's the kind of physio that's sort of um you know let's say post-surgery physio so um yeah no it's just it's just somebody that I can you know work with um I'm by no means somebody like oh I know it all I can do it all like I need a team I'm such a team person so um yeah
0: thank you yeah exactly team is definitely the key I like the team thing and uh yeah it's it's really it is important every there's no I in, in dealing with veterinary anymore at all, is there? There's always so such a huge team of people. And there shouldn't be
1: anything, not just veterinary, right?
0: True, uh, absolutely true, absolutely true. Yeah. So I know that we've only got a few more minute uh, minutes with you, so I am going to um, keep this as quick as I can, but I want to ask mm-hmm. you um, the best, most juiciest questions. Um, so what is the most spontaneous thing you've ever done?
1: Um, Probably getting my racehorse, I got him two months before graduating, before my finals, two months before finals, I had no job, I had no place to live after I graduated, but I had a horse and that was my, um, one of my three main dreams come true, so I wanted to be a vet and I wanted a horse, so there was an opportunity and I was like, yep, I'll take him, (laughs) so that was very spontaneous, literally, I went to see him and the next day I had him, so
0: that's amazing but you know sometimes that's just how these things work out isn't it I that's how I ended up with my um my eldest dog because I was like oh my god well I went to I went to the rescue home and I obviously I was prepared and stuff I mean I'm veterinary but um but I you know I went to the thing, like well we'll just see we'll just see i was trying to be good and um, but I was like, no, I gotta have it, He's amazing. It's the first and only dog I saw. <laughs> but um, I think yeah. as long as you
1: have some some idea about what you're doing, you know, it's it wouldn't be great. You know, as I said, you know, I I got a horse, but I am I am a vet. I know how to deal with horses. It's not like I went and bought a motorcycle and I've never ridden one. You know what I mean? Like as long as there is some basis for it, then I think you know life is too short and there's never a good time. You know, the opportunities present to you, to you and if you don't take them, then you'll just out on them so
0: absolutely absolutely I could not agree with you more so yes that's definitely brilliant I'm I'm gonna ask now what's your weirdest dream but it's gonna involve your horse isn't it (laughs) um
1: uh I mean I did have a a dream last week uh that included my horse and we were speaking to each other so I guess that's weird I was
0: so right (laughs) Um,
1: that that was that was pretty odd. Um I do have some weird dreams. I'm not sure if, the, if I'd call them weird. Um they're more scary and surprising because some of my dreams seem to come true. Um both oh. bad and good, which is just really, really yeah, more scary than weird. But yeah, I suppose talking to my horse in a dream was pretty weird. <laughs> I think we were speaking in English. I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh wow. I've just yeah, it didn't even click. So you're completely bilingual. So are you um do you do you think in
1: uh, what no, I.
0: Language. What do you call it?
1: Yeah. Um. I so Slovak, um. I mean, I think. I don't know if I think in Slovak or English. Um. When I was a kid, I I did once um, ask my mom what was my first language, and she didn't know because um, I actually grew. Up, I went to Japanese kindergarten, so she was like, "Yeah, it was either Slovak, English, or Japanese. I don't know."
0: <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> wow. So, do you speak Japanese as well? No. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's
1: not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Absolutely. Um, did you used to? Well, when I was a kid, I I did live in Japan for nine years. So uh,
0: yeah, but it's really hard. I've got a Japanese friend, and she's told me about their language, and it's bonkers. Like, it's they, a cool have, I love it. Yeah, but they like it's really complicated, isn't it? Because they have sort of the young cu- language and then the older language, which is more the they have three alphabets (laughs) yes exactly and then they have some Chinese signs involved with their sounds and oh my goodness me it's so complicated it is is
1: complicated and you never really learn it it's one of those languages you keep learning but then again depending how philosophical you want to be you can say that about any language right so
0: Well, I suppose so, but you don't feel like that about English, if that helps. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) I'm trying to learn German. I keep trying to learn German. I do speak a bit of German. Um, I'm trying to be better, but... um, Oh, it's very hard.
1: Yeah, in Slovakia, your um, two languages you learn in primary school, you first learn English and then a couple of years later you take on German. So those are two languages you learn in, um, in Slovakia oh. when you go to school there. So I had German for, I think, one or two years. But again, like when I was like, I don't know, eight, nine, something like
0: that. Oh, wow. So if I go to Slovakia, I might actually be able to get by with my German bit then as well.
1: <laughs> Maybe, yeah, a lot of people do know German in Slovakia or, I mean,
0: as I say, but you're all speaking English anyway, so that's helpful.
1: Most of the world speaks English, yeah. But um, I'm a, are you are you British? You're British, right? Yeah. I'm a British. you're learning language. I don't know many British people who just actively, of their own accord, uh, learn another language. I know. Know. I know. I do I'm listening who so actually is learning a language, but it's such a comfortable language that you can get by um, it every
0: with. But I feel like I do also because of that exact same thing, I feel quite rude about that, like because I've got a lot of friends all over the world. And so I feel like I can't just learn. Like my Japanese friend, I've tried to learn some of her language. My Greek friend, I've tried to learn some of that language. I get get the odd word and I find it really hard to retain. So I thought at least if I try with one language and I try to make an effort, I can at least say I've tried, okay? (laughs) And so I'm not so bad but um no, yeah. well done you <laughs> thank <laughs> you. my german friend does say that i'm doing quite well which is quite nice but when i went over to visit and i, I saw her parents um oh. they were amazing at trying to speak english and but their attempt at english was so much better than anything close <laughs> that i could do for them back so i was yeah i was how mortified long have you been
1: <laughs> learning for now sorry how long have you been learning german for now
0: um, well, I did GCSE German, and I did alright. I got like a B back then, um, and then twenty years later, I started again. Um, so I've been doing it for a year and a half, two years, something like that. But you know, it's not it's not major. I I'm I trying my best. You know, I've got my little Duolingo app. You know, <laughs> so um, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. So I'm going to ask you um, one more question because I know that your time's pressed, and I'm really grateful that you've come and joined us. Um, so I'd really like to know what is your top tip for dealing with pain.
1: Top tip for dealing with pain, in what context?
0: Whatever context you want to take it in, because a tip's helpful no matter what you decide to do. Like if you're an owner, maybe you know what what would you do? Like.
1: I don't well, want to no, leave you, that's my problem. I, I, I think the first step is do something, right? So yeah. just don't let it go on. So I think my top tip is deal with it, is do something. It's oftentimes quite hard, you know, um, to just take that first step because either, let's say, owners are umming and ahhing, like, is the animal in pain? Is it not? Is it just what I'm feeling? But, you know, they know their pets the best. If they, ha- if they think, oh, it might be in pain because this is not how it usually behaves, then it probably is in some level of pain, so just you know pick it up and take it to the vets, or call a friend and you know have them come around and see. Okay, do you see do you see what I see? Okay, yes, let's make a decision, take it to the vets, or or you know contact a a, a vet online, or you know just whatever it is, but do something. I think that that would be my number one tip.
0: That's a great tip and I absolutely agree with you because that is often what what I'll get a phone call about and and they'll say, well, I think, I'm not sure they're really in pain and then you say, well, you rang me, you must have rang me for a reason, so let's talk about what made you ring me Um, and then, you know, so I think you're right, acknowledging it is such a huge thing, so um, yeah, that's a very good tip even though you were panicking. (laughs)
1: Well, so, it's just you know that it can be, it can mean so many different things. You know, what kind of pain, what level of pain, what you know, what what are we talking about? But yeah, I suppose sort of thinking about it gen- in general. Then yeah, number one thing, we'll deal with it, do something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for joining us. I have really enjoyed our chat. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I'm, my goodness me, you have got so much going on. It's untrue. And I could no, probably you... chat for much longer, couldn't we? But can't oh my god, I would love to. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. I've been very strict with myself, you know, I've been told don't go on too long. So I haven't. So, um, so I'm going to leave you to it. But honestly, thank you so much and really good luck with everything you're doing. I really hope you can make the veterinary industry more, more eco, that would be huge. And to make all the all the vets be happy and you know, enjoy their veterinary life, oh my God, that would be amazing as well. And uh so yeah, you've got a big load of tasks ahead of you and I thank you for um doing everything that you are trying to achieve.
1: It's not just me, as I said, it's the team, right? It is. Well done I'm, team. I'm just trying to uh shivvy it in a certain direction.
0: But exactly at the
1: end it's everybody making it happen,
0: not just me. You're the one representing the team right now, so you can take all the praise.
1: <laughs> well, what I can do, as I said, with um, some of the websites that I'm developing still, and you know, getting them running, I can then maybe share them on, um, share them with you, and then we can share share it with whoever's been listening if they're interested in surf, sort of, you know, actually learning more or finding
0: out more. So I'm more that would be to do that. absolutely amazing. Yeah, send me the links, and I can make sure I put them all in the in the comments as well. And I
1: think the yeah. two of us will have a chat more about. Uh, Physio specifically I'm very interested and there might be something I want to speak to you about business wise. Yay!
0: Uh, yeah, no, absolutely
1: let's do that later.
0: Thank you ever so much our wonderful audience as always for watching I have really enjoyed it I hope you have too and I will catch you all in two weeks when we have our next back. so I'm trying really hard to get organized because um he's going to be really really cool um you wait till you see who it is um Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very
1: much, Donna. You take care.
0: Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Cup of Tea with the Vet. If you want to hear it live and get involved, join us on our Facebook or YouTube channel, Animal Physiotherapy Limited. And if you can leave a review, please do. They really help, and I read every single one. Thanks for listening.